Have you ever sacrificed a lot for another person? Maybe you've had to give up money, a job, or significant goals in order for someone else to gain something. The man in our story was gladly willing to give up every aspect of his life, and eventually life itself, for someone he knew. Let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, bringing to you the story of a man who would willingly walk in harm's way for the sake of others to experience a radically changed life. We'll get into that and more on today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. Part two of the classic true story of Sundar Singh. It is against the law to teach a foreign religion in Tibet. You have been caught in the very act of doing that. Do you have anything to say for yourself? I... I was only... sharing. I... I come in peace. Peace? Very well. Your punishment is death! What... What's in there? You will soon find out, Sadhu. No more preaching for you. Wait, please, I... Never should have come here, fool. Sundar Singh grew up as a Sikh in India in the early 1900s. At a young age, after an encounter with the living God, he knew death would not sway him from professing Christianity as real. His family, outraged from the humiliation this brought on their household, poisoned him, expecting him to die. Only God spared him, and Sundar was secreted away to a mission leper's hospital, the only place on earth where his family decided pursuing him wasn't worth the risk. While there, Sundar discovered his passion for sharing God's word and set his eye on the country that was across the treacherous Himalayas, Tibet. Based on YWAM Publishing's Christian Heroes Then and Now series by Janet and Jeff Benj, we bring you part two of the true story of Sundar Singh, right now on Unshackled. Tibet where the only thing more deadly than the wilderness and its host of dangerous animals and harshest conditions were the people. Buddhist lamas, in particular, wielded significant power over the people, which is exactly how I ended up left to die at the bottom of a well, along with putrid, decaying remains of countless others. For three days, I prayed for a quick death, but my prayers didn't seem to make it out of the well. Becoming so weak I could barely move, I only found solace knowing soon I'd depart from this world. 
moonlight. Who is there? What good is a rope? I can't. Oh, the bottom is looped. Ah, there. All right, I'm secured. Ah, just a little more. Almost there. Oh, fresh air. <laughs> Who's... Who's there? Hello? Who has rescued me? Hello? Whoever had rescued me had vanished. As good as the fresh air tasted, I forced myself to my feet and staggered into the trees. The next morning, I bathed in the stream, wanting to get as far away from Rasar as I could. Only... The more I prayed on it, the more convinced I became that going back into town was exactly what God wanted me to do. So I went back to the marketplace to preach. Even I wasn't prepared for the stir it would cause. Arrested again? What do you have to say for yourself? Or better yet, let's start with how you got out of the veil. It was dark. I, I, I couldn't see. So, you cannot recognize the traitor among us. I was too weak and not fully conscious. I will get to the bottom of this. If there's a traitor in our midst, then he must be found. If I may be so bold, there is only one key to the well, and it is still clipped to your belt. Enough! You're done with questioning. You! Get out of Rasar and never return here lest the power that protects you bring disaster on us. After Rasar, I wandered from village to village preaching the gospel. Soon it was fall and I had to trek back across the mountains to India before snow season closed the way. Once there, I decided to follow Jesus' lead and go into the forest and fast for 40 days. A man on the train told me it was crazy, tried to convince me otherwise, even asked for the addresses of my closest friends so as to keep them posted on the outcome of my wilderness trip. He ended up being right. Ah, you're awake at last, I see. But what, what happened? You've been on quite a journey. I have? Yes. Some bamboo cutters found you in the forest. Said you've been there for some time. I was marking my days with stones. Forty stones to represent my forty days in the wilderness. Well, they only found twenty-three stones that had been rolled away. Oh, I didn't make it the whole time then. You would not have lasted more days. I was trying to be like Jesus. Well, speaking of which, they also found a Bible on you, so they put you on a train, and then some Christians brought you by bullock cart to the pastor's house. I see. Who are you? A missionary. I'm Peter. I didn't recognize you until I read the name inside your Bible. I heard you speak once and was greatly impressed by your message. I'm sorry. I can't keep my eyes open. Oh, don't strain yourself, Sundar. I spent three weeks regaining my strength until I was healthy enough to travel. When I did, it was most entertaining. 
Please have your boarding passes out and ready. Here you are. Please have your boat. Wait. You are Sunda Singh? I am. You're alive. You're alive! Yes, I am. I cannot believe it. Why would you think otherwise? I attended your memorial service. My memorial service? Yes, about a month ago. Yes, it was at a church here in town. There were so many people there. Christians and Hindus, and there was a touching letter of consolation read. Surely you are mistaken. Surely you've heard you're dead. I mean, your obituary has appeared in every newspaper in India. I made inquiries at the church where my funeral was held and learned the man hearing about my 40-day fast on the train had been so convinced I would not make it that he had sent my closest friends a telegram which read only, Sundar Singh slept in Christ. <laughs> Once I proved I was alive and well, I felt God calling me to a new mission field, Nepal, where Christians were even less welcome than they were in Tibet. Without a passport and no way of getting one, since I was a Christian, I crossed the border in Nepal at a high pass where there were no soldiers or border guards patrolling. But I did find a village tea room. Thank you. I've never seen feet so swollen from the cold. Yeah, they are three times their usual size. Why would you make such a trek, Sadhu? to share the story of Jesus with your village. I've not heard of this Jesus, but would like to listen. Do you know of anyone else who would like to hear? Yes, I think many villagers would like to. We can gather them once you feel stronger. As I traveled along, I came to see that most of these villagers dotting the mountainside had never seen a foreigner before, much less heard the gospel. I received a warm reception and decided to preach in the marketplace of one of the largest towns in Nepal. A crowd numbering into the hundreds quickly gathered, hearing about Jesus and asking questions. Then, soldiers burst through the crowd. Who gave you permission to preach this strange God in our kingdom? I did not go on anyone's orders except those at the head of all officers, the Raja of all Rajas, the creator of all that is created. How dare you? The one true God that has called all nations to eternal life. Traitor! But the Nepalese people are unaware of this wonderful fact, so I have come to tell them. Tell them what exactly? That eternal life is possible because of the death of God's son, Jesus Christ. A day will come when we will stand before him and give an account of our life just as I am standing before you now. We will see about that. But I can tell you what is going to happen right now. You'll be thrown in jail and we will see if your Christ will come to your rescue. I am not afraid, or I would never have come in the first place. No more talking, sir. As long as I have life in me and a tongue to speak, I shall not stop talking about my Christ. In custody or not, I am ready to give my life that you may hear the good news. I've heard enough. Take him to jail. But sir, if this Christ God follower enters our jail, he will pollute it. <laughs> You're right. We would be better to be rid of him completely. 
Take him to the edge of our territory and send him on his way. Please, sir. Silence! I forbid you to ever enter this territory or the town of Elam again. I walked a mile out of town, but couldn't quit thinking how attentive the people of Elam had been to God's good news. But I also didn't doubt I'd be jailed upon my return. However, a peace came over me, realizing if I was jailed, it would mean I'd have many days or even months to share the gospel with the Nepalese prisoners. I returned to the marketplace and within minutes was arrested. Shackled in jail, covered in leeches, having all the vileness of the world hurled at me through the bars by the villagers, and yet that peace came back to me in an indescribable way. Have you had enough saddle? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. What's he saying? I think he is talking about that Christ he was preaching in the market. You're right. Jesus Christ came into the world not to condemn, but to save. And that's why you are in chains now, to tell us? Yes, to tell you how he defeated death. And now there is hope for us all. Hope for what? To live eternally with him. You mean... That's enough! I think I want to hear. I know he'd pollute our child! Let's go! Where we walk? Folks, we'll get back to Sundar's story in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to part two of the classic true story of Sundar Singh. When the officer ordered me to walk, I wondered if my time on this earth would be measured by mere moments. But when we got to the edge of town, he ordered me for the second time to leave and never come back. This time, feeling satisfied the villagers had heard the gospel, I staggered away, dizzy from the amount of blood loss from the leeches. I headed back home to India, a journey I'd not soon forget. A sorcerer, you say? Yes, and I'm quite a powerful one at that. 
Oh, well, I'm not sure I believe all that. Powers in this world don't need you to believe. What if it doesn't work? I'll put you in a trance right here, right now. Great. I'll enjoy a little. Just what I thought. Excuse me, I couldn't help but notice what you're doing. And you are? I am Sundar. You need to stop. Do I? Yes. I know someone more powerful than you. <laughs> Who is that? Jesus Christ. If you follow Jesus, then we shall see whose power is greater. I'll use my powers and put you in a trance. No. No, you won't. For the next half hour, I prayed silently as the sorcerer focused all his attention on me. The more incantations he chanted, the more passengers grew interested and wanted to see who'd win. Soon the whole train was watching us. No, still awake. <laughs> <laughs> you have a book in your pocket that's preventing my spell from working. Interesting. I have a small copy of the New Testament, but I shall take it out. Now try. I... I can't. You still have a page of your holy book in your pocket blocking me. Oh yes, I forgot. At the train station, I found a page from the Gospel of John on the ground, and I picked it up. I'll take that out too. It's still not enough. Remove your rope. Fine. All right. I see there's some mysterious power pervading you. It is the power of Jesus, against whom your evil is powerless. <laughs> Tell me about this Jesus. It is the strongest spiritual power I've ever encountered. The rest of the passengers listened as I told the sorcerer about Jesus. After I got off the train, it seemed as though crowds appeared everywhere I went to preach. People traveled from all areas to hear the gospel, and there were many converts. I continued traveling throughout India, answering questions and preaching to throngs of seekers. Prominent Hindu men, afraid to be seen speaking to a Christian sadhu, would visit in the middle of the night. Other nights I spent awake in prayer, gathering spiritual strength for the following day. I didn't know how my messages would be received, but a news reporter claimed 20,000 people came to hear. Oh, after one service, a smiling Indian man approached. Excuse me, Mr. Singh? Yes? You do not recognize me, do you, Sadhu? <gasps> of course I do. You're the doctor who treated me in Rupar. After you were poisoned? Yes, by my brothers, no less. Yes, it is me. What brings you here today? <sighs> well, I laughed when you told me about the resurrection of Jesus and that his power could heal you. Ah. But then I saw you recover from imminent death. <laughs> I did. When you left... I purchased a Bible and began to read. I became a Christian. Now I'm a missionary doctor. That's wonderful. It shows again God can use the worst situations to bring others into his kingdom. That he can, brother. Reuniting with the doctor was one of the happiest times of my life. But 
Soon I was off, traveling to China and Japan, being asked to stay, to preach again, talk at another convention or answer more questions. It was hard to explain God's call, but I felt the urgency to return home and go back to Tibet. I shared this news at an outdoor market where I was preaching. I am going to the hills and to Tibet now. It is quite uncertain whether I shall be able to return, so serious are some of the risks attending the journey and my work in the region beyond. Even if I do not see you again in this world, I hope to meet you in heaven amidst the revelation of a new life and its surroundings. I wish you goodbye till we meet again. Sir, Sadhu, here, take this. Brother, God has called me to a life of poverty and dependence upon him. Just as Jesus told his disciples to go out without a purse, so has he commanded me. You will need money. Take it. I cannot. Sir, please, Sadhu, take this money with you. What are you doing? Stop chasing the train. You could fall underneath. Then take it, and I'll stop. Take it. What am I supposed to do with this? Alms, alms for the poor. Please, just for food. Alms, alms for the poor. What? Why? You look like you need it. Oh, thank you, Sadhu. No, stop. Don't. Do not kiss my feet. Freely I have received and freely I share. The Lord has been so good to me. Praise Jesus. After spending the summer in Tibet sharing the gospel, I decided to return home to visit my father as it had been 14 years since our last terrible encounter. There I learned father had become a Christian and had been keeping track of my journeys and reports in the newspapers. Together we praised God for his answered prayers. Soon after, in 1920, for the first time, I had a new aim in sight. And where are you headed? England. Oh, you will be on a boat for weeks. I will. And what will you find? Members of the Society of Friends have invited me. It's, it's who people are calling Quakers. They've lined up meetings for me. Quakers, eh? Hmm. What? I assumed you were Hindu. No, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, I want to share his message with the world. I see. Your first time to England? Yes. You will need shoes then, don't you think? Oh, I've never bothered with shoes. You've never been a guest at English houses before either. I suppose asking for a bowl of water to wash my feet before entering will inconvenience them. And you need an overcoat. An overcoat? Oh, yes, everyone has one. Does everyone in England know Jesus? Hmm, I'm not certain. May I tell you about him? England was unlike anywhere I'd ever seen. From there, I preached to crowds in Scotland, Ireland, Palestine, Egypt, Switzerland, Australia, Germany, and Sweden. Then I turned to Denmark and Holland, 
and returned to India, setting my eyes again on Tibet. In April of 1929, Sundar set off for Tibet as he had many times before, without shoes or sandals, clad only in his saffron robe with a cotton blanket draped over his shoulder. But it would be the last time anyone would see him. Friends set off on a 28-day trip into the Himalayas to see if they could trace his footsteps or find some news, but there was none. Some villagers speculated the 40-year-old contracted cholera and his dead body had been thrown into the Ganges River. Others thought he probably slipped off the rocky trail and fell into a ravine and perished. Still others guessed that he had made it to Tibet and been martyred there or set upon by bandits. Four years later, the Indian government declared him officially deceased. At the previous Keswick Convention, Sundar had declared, Each year I go back to Tibet, and perhaps next year you will hear that I have lost my life there. Do not think he is dead, but say he has entered heaven and eternal life, and he is with Christ in the perfect life. And so it was. Listening friend, we extend the same message Sundar Singh trekked the world sharing. God invites us to receive his free gift of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Sundar gave God all the glory for his accomplishments and told others that the answers to the meaning in life do not come from mysticism or any of the Eastern religions. That's done by first admitting you're a sinner and repenting, turning your back on your sin. That's accompanied by the belief that receiving Jesus and his gift of forgiveness is the only way to satisfy God. Then acting on that belief by receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 promise that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you have questions or would like to let us know about your decision, we'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607, or call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. 
All right, the prize for this sweepstakes contest is another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. And it's John 1.29, which proclaims, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That's wonderful, isn't it? Well, this plaque is gorgeous, especially if you're looking for daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic and very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch. Sawn? Is that a word? Well, it is now. Or log and cut into such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. And the bark around this one, well, it's gorgeous. This plaque has been handcrafted around the, the natural character and beauty of the wood that God created. Now, if you'd like a peek at this scripture plaque, just visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org, and stop by the audio drama page for a picture. Unfortunately, we're only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. Your name, phone number, and email. The winner of the sweepstakes for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced June 27th. But the deadline for entry is June 11th. We look forward to hearing from you. And next time... Ricky did what? She tried to carry ice cream out of the store under her coat. And they caught her? Yeah. What are we going to do with her, Cal? The woman in our story was nine years old and already a thief. Who cares? I loved it. I don't understand you at all. We try to teach you the right way, but you're like a wild horse. We never know what you're doing. Born into a family of reformed Jews in Brooklyn, she was one of God's chosen people. But Becky Kelly had to go astray to learn the real meaning of being chosen. I'm a Jew. I know how to get to heaven. It doesn't matter that you're a Jew. God has a special way for everybody to get to heaven. Jews are God's chosen people. We automatically go to heaven. Without being covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, you will go to hell. Don't miss her thought-provoking testimony from the classic true life story of Becky Kelly. Another true dramatization coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Sundar Singh Part 2 were Kurt Nabig, Jim McCants, Brian Plaharchik, Demetrius Troy, Mark Forrest, and Oksana Fentanishan. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Recording engineer, David Perchinsky. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>